ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, this week I sit down with Sydney Smith. Um, I've drawn a lot of inspiration from Sid. The way he moves through challenges um, is exceptional. His willingness and ability to share his story to serve and uplift others, uh, in my opinion, is first class. Um, We get into realizing your potential, avoiding the easy way out in the comfort zone, being thankful for what you have, and kind of touch on Sid's top three um, rules, if you will, when it comes to the mental game. Enjoy the episode. So we are on with Mr. Sidney Smith, uh, triathlete, hunter, speaker, family man. Um, anything I missed there, Sid? Uh, uh, part-time comedian? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Out, oh, I got one. Outfished father. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's man. True. Dude, I saw that monster and I was like, way to get him, boy. That thing was huge, man. Oh, I tell you what, I'd much rather see him catch big old fish. Uh, my son than uh than me any Heck day yeah, yeah, yeah i was i was i couldn't hold it in i was like even now like when i brought it home i was like gosh dang parker that's a huge fish he's like oh yeah no it's it's pretty big I'm like parker <laughs> that's the biggest fish you've ever caught i was like oh yeah it's it's cool and so then i uh you know i took it home cleaned it and i showed him i said look at parker what i put it on instagram and facebook and i said look at what everyone's been saying about your fish and he goes Oh, cool. And he's like, I got to go to school, dad. I'm like, ah, oh. he doesn't understand how awesome that fish was. Yeah. They're so <laughs> unimpressed too. Yeah. But yeah, what, no. what moments, right. Is, is being able to share that with them and, and we're, you know, you get all excited. You're jumping up and down and they're just, yeah. All right, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is. No, it is like, I mean, I've, I probably fit, I probably caught over 500 fish in this lake. I mean, it's a honey, honey hole i know where all the spots are and the best time to go and and uh i've never i've never caught a fish that size and uh you know and, and normally it's 
a good fish is about two to three pounds. And this was pushing about five and a half. And I was just like, dang son, you know, like I've, I, I mean, you could brag to all your friends. I mean, like I was looking up to see what the lake record was and I can't even find it. So, I mean, he, he definitely doesn't realize how good he had it. Heck yeah, man. So how's, uh, how's season been going for you? Uh, it's been good. Um, it, it, this year has been a little bit different for me. Um, I've kind of took the seat back a little bit, a couple things. One, uh, I didn't draw a lot of, you know, tags I wanted, which is okay. I kind of put into some units that I knew I wasn't going to draw. Um, and just because, uh, I I'm training for this Ironman. And so it's taken up a lot of my time, my energy and my finances. And so there hasn't been a whole lot. Uh, I mean, this is, this is kind of a one and done thing for me. Um, so that's, you know, I've, I've kind of reserved a little bit of that year, but I have had, uh, some good chances to go, um, elk hunting. Uh, I still have a deer tag that goes all the way to December. So after my race, I'll, I'll try to punch that. Um, I have a couple, couple weekends here and there that, uh, in between training, I'll try to go to for my, uh, elk. And then I still have a, a late season cow. And then there's a the slight chance that I might hit up Texas and, and uh, maybe make it a tradition to go down there and hunt with uh, disabled outdoorsmen out there. Nice. Get another monster whitetail off of that property. Crazy, <laughs> crazy horn on the deer. <laughs> I don't know. They don't, they don't have that property anymore, but they got a different one down Southern or close to the border, but they, that says that they've got some pretty nice bucks. But I mean, I, Texas is just, you know, foreign to me really. I, it was my first whitetail experience then. And, and uh, uh, there's so many animals they got, I've never shot an axis deer. I never shot an Audad, and and uh, you know those those are an opportunity I want to take advantage of too while I'm down there. So, I kind of <laughs> I kind of glassed over what uh, well not just this reason, but what prompted me to hit you up again. Um, you know, coming off of my elk hunt and. You and Tate Hale and some other guys were doing the Do USA thing uh, there in Utah with Sean on that hunt. And I was kind of pushed to some limits, man. And knowing that you guys were out there beating the mountain in that, you know, similar country, it was really a motivation to me, right? It was like, okay, I know these guys are out here pounding the heck out of it. I, you know, it was just that extra oomph I needed to get through some of those harder situations, man, and pushing outside that comfort zone. And I feel, you know, what, what better way to kind of culminate that trip for me than to talk to you and talk to Tate and Keith and, and just kind of get, from you guys that that mental status right what what goes into beating it up on the mountain um and how you push through some of that and and for you you're, you're training for you know your iron man you say one and done i don't know man i, I you seem like that personality that that one's not going to be enough but that's just an assumption i'm making well i, I only say that because my wife might listen to this podcast so. <laughs> there you go buddy <laughs> okay we could i'll try and clean that up somehow i know that feeling though yeah this is it love <laughs> <laughs> so i'll, I'll kind of let you take the stage man i and i like i said i, I didn't send you any bullets i want to try to kind of free flow through this thing but one of the things that stood out to me is like realizing realizing your potential or realizing 
the power of your mind, I guess, um, not to start sounding too cliche, but you know, what, what gets you through those moments? And if you can correlate, and I'm sure you can correlate the, the training for the Ironman and, and your marathons, et cetera, um, to the mountain to a point. Oh yeah, no, I, I, uh, there's a lot that I can correlate, you know, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with how, um, uh, how I've gone through the, the lows first in my life to really understand what the highs are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely so, sense. Uh, just, I mean, just a quick backstory. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a double amputee. I'm missing my, uh, legs below the knee on, on both. Um, I lost it to a, a disease called charcoal Marie tooth about four years ago. And, uh, before that, um, I, I didn't really have a lot of mental strength. I mean, I, I was raised, uh, to, you know, appreciate life the best I can, you know, to be good to other people and, and some of the, you know, the real strong basics of, of, uh, you know, where to find happiness, where to try to find success that, that you, you know, that you could find by surfing the internet and so forth. But for me, um, when I had lost my legs, it was a, you know, a life changing moment for me. I, I was, uh, when I got the news that this was going to happen, I was in the dumps and, and, you know, just going through the process of being an amputee, um, the pain, the, uh, the learning to walk, the frustrations, the, the, um, the constant effort that it takes. And then, you know, to turn around and have a, a few setbacks and so forth that, uh, um, allow me not, you know, to, pretty much go into a downward spiral of fear that I'm not going to be able to, um, uh, have any happiness or even experience success. But, um, when I look at those moments, I look at those moments as, uh, uh, at the time I thought they were failures and I thought, Oh, there's, this is, this is the rough patch I have. This is the kind of, um, not to sound cliche either, but, uh, the cards I was dealt, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is what, you know, my makers gave in me and, and, uh, I got a bad hand and, uh, therefore I'm going to have a bad life. Now that's, that to me, it's, you know, it was kind of my rock bottom thought process and, and, uh, you know, my mind, I'm constantly thinking, you know, how can I be comfortable? What's what that's the the whole there goal is. is to be wealthy, to be you know to have all the nice soft comforts of life. You know that's that's what mindset I had, thinking you know here I am with no legs, I'm never going to get that. Well, that's because I was looking at it wrong. Um, it, it I was seeking the wrong thing, and I and I had a few um, moments in my life that uh, helped me realize that. Um, and, uh, what it ended up being is it's, it's the, the, the happiness really came from the discomfort and fighting through that, um, just going toe to toe with, uh, some of the demons that I had and the efforts that, uh, um, that I had to beat on the battlefield and, and winning the cost of battles, uh, with in my mind every day. Um, and, uh, I started making goals, you know, things that are, were going to test my, uh, ability and, and kind of stretched me a little bit further things like you know i made a goal to do a triathlon and learn how to run and swim bike as an amputee with prosthetics and then try to hunt and not only hunt but pick up a bow and a 
and, uh, uh, um, and, uh, you know, try to learn that way through the, through things that are just a little bit more challenging. And as I'm starting realizing it, you know, that's where I'm finding a lot of the joy and the positivity is the, is the toughness, not necessarily finding things that are, that are comfortable. So, and what, what, so I, I know a lot of the backstory, right? I mean, and, and we've laughed about it before. And I, you know, I said, I might get on the, I'm, we're just going to say it. I might ride Sydney Smith's nuts a little bit on the podcast, but <laughs> you know, you're sitting, you're sitting in a hospital bed and you made a decision. If I remember the story correctly to you were watching TV and you made a decision to go after the triathlon going through that, which in my opinion is atypical, right? Because, and, and I, and I was, you brought it up. I wasn't going to bring up the, what do we call it? It's not a disability. To me, the disabilities are in our mind. I mean, talking to you, talking to Tate, that's absolutely where they're at. So it's not a disability. Um, but you're sitting there in that in that situation and you made that decision before you had prosthetics, before any of this really went down, before the setbacks on the first surgery. Um, that is the part of it to me that is, it just gave me the chills, is so powerful because I find myself as a, you know, as we call it, able body, disabled in the mind, albeit. Um, but I find myself fighting the easy way out or the comfort zone constantly. So that's the part that really takes a hold with me is the, the fact that you were able to, in that situation, make that decision with what you were about to go through and what you had been through that early on. That to me is crazy. That's powerful as all get up. Oh, no, thank you. I, um, yeah, it, it, it definitely was a decision that, you know, was a calculated risk, you know, I, given the, the circumstances I had, uh, I wanted to have a life, you know, where I could run and play with my kids and do all these amazing things. I didn't know for sure if prosthetics would or do that, but I was willing to take the risk and I was really to, to, to attract that. And, and, uh, you know, it, the, the thing about our minds, you know, is, you know, I, I think generally, it, it wants to be comfortable. I think n not necessarily the natural side of it, but it, it, it doesn't really like the tension. It wants, it wants to be soft just without any effort, you know? Um, but we, as we, as human beings and, you know, we're animals, you know, our, our, you know, origins are to survive and that doesn't, you know, you can't survive and, 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 and fend for your family and, and, um, and do all those things that you should really take pride in, um, by sitting on the couch, you know, and doing nothing and watching TV. And, uh, it, for me, I've, I figured it just, it just takes con constant work. You know, you just try to find that zone where you get a little bit un you know, get a little bit more comfortable with being uncomfortable or excuse me, getting more, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, um, because really that, if you are comfortable all the time and you're not doing anything, you're just going to get sick of it. It's, 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 it's nice as it sounds to have all the finer things in life. I, I assure you, it just, you, you get sick of it. Now, when we talk about disability, I, I use that word just because it's more known 
to people that, uh, that, you know, just generally speaking, so they can understand a little bit about it, but I'm with you. It's, it's all in the mind. Um, when I look at myself and some of the accomplishments I've done, things I've gone for, you know, I don't consider myself disabled it, you know, some, in a ways I kind of dislike that term, uh, but I get it. Cause that's how people, you know, can recognize um, what's going on. But, uh, it, to me, the disability comes from, uh, the mind that I had, you know, when I experienced the fear when I was struggling with, you know, wanting to keep my life or, or, or wanting to, um, you know, continue forward or be afraid, you know, all those things that my mind was taking control over that, that to me was the real disability. That was what was holding me back. So on the mountain, I mean, you, with all the work you put in and I know that, you know, with, even with your blades, there's some issues with it and you've adapted, you know, through that. But how often do you, do you get to that point where it's like, you know, dang it, Sydney, this is, you know, this is rough. Does it even come up anymore? I mean, you know, you haven't, or have you hit that, that Superman? I think you are. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I'm definitely no Superman. That's for sure. Uh, no, I, I do hit those moments. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm just like anybody else. I mean, really there's, there's nothing special about me, nor is there, I don't think there's anything special about anybody. I mean, I don't think there's no superhuman strength that people have. I think some of these mental toughness is something I would say more so developed in how you, how you think than it was, than it is something that you're born with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's moments, um, you know, I try to think of a, a hunt that really got to me here. Um, it was a mule deer hunt last year um, that I I rode my bike, my mountain bike, up this steep mountainside, and and uh, um, I just I was kind of frustrated because I had missed a deer the day before. It was just a giant, and I knew where another big buck was, and I thought, well, if I get up here, there's nobody that's hunted this area. There's so so far I had the first stock on them and. And, uh, you know, I spent almost half a day just mountain biking up into this trailhead. And uh, by the time I got there, I kind of got camp set and I'm sure enough that it was getting dark and I knew where this buck was going to bed some water. And, um, and I got set up and, and right before light, I put, uh, an arrow in him and, uh, got a solid pass through. Um, and, uh, it was just getting dark. I could see him kind of crest over the corner and lay down for a minute and I, by then it was just pitch black at that time. I thought, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push him because where, if he does go into a section, it's going to be hard to track him. So I always thought I would just wait it out till first thing in the morning. Well, sure. Shit. I wake up and I find my arrow. Um, and it just did not have a whole lot of color on the fletchings. I'm like, Oh no, I hope, you know, I maybe shot a little low or hit a gut. Um, and so I started tracking and I found some blood and, and I went, I went all day long and into the second day. And I was, I was completely shot. Like I, I gave, I've never lost an animal before, not to sound cocky or anything. I just been lucky. Um, and I was devastated. I was frustrated. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm tired. I, then I had like blisters from all the hiking and, and, uh, and, and I'm, my mind's going into panic mode. So I'm really telling my body to shut up. And now, now my body's starting to ca- catch up and, 
and it was hard. It, I tell you, that was that was kind of a roadblock in my mind because I'm by, by myself. I'm, I have no one there to say, "Come on, Sid, you can do it." You know, don't give up. Um, and it was frustrating. You know, that was that was definitely a life lesson uh, um, that made me, you know, uh, hard, but it made me tougher. You know, made me realize a little bit more and kind of uh, uh, where to stretch my um, uh, my mind. And it's about, I mean, it really amounts to pushing those limits, right? If you don't, if you don't push past that comfort zone and, you know, push those limits, you'll, you're, you're never going to realize it. And I was telling you, you know, with, with our elk hunt this year in Colorado, you know, I was frustrated, man. I was, you know, I was dead. I just said, I just knew that my boy was going to get an elk. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have told me otherwise. I mean, everything, I feel like I did everything I could do preparing for season and, you know, driving 18 hours to scout an area and, you know, 18 hours back. And for, I I lost sight. I honestly, I lost sight a couple days, man. I, I just didn't know what to do. And we made this climb to the peak and, uh, my boy, he's just, you know, he's, he's all smiles, you know? And I'm like, what's the deal? And he's like, man, you know, this, the fact that we made it up here, the fact that I know we just made that climb, he was like, that's awesome, man. It, it, it smacked me in my face so hard. And I'm like, dude, a 17 year old just taught my butt something. Um, and it really, it really helped settle me in, but it was, it was motivating. And I wasn't even thinking about, Hey, I just made that climb. That the climb was necessary to me to punch the tag, which that end result is so less meaningful than how you go through the process. I guess at this point, that that's man, that just it almost sounds the exact same story that I that I experienced too. Almost the exact, you know, probably the exact same time you did. Um, is it with Tate? You know, almost word for word, dude. So we're same thing. We're we're out elk hunting about the same time you are. And uh, for me, my mind's like, okay, get Tate an elk. All I gotta do is get him an elk. I don't, you know, and I, I'm trying to to help, you know, the the guide and try to figure, you know, not to step on his feet by different tactics and areas I'd like to go to or whatnot. I just want to get him a, an elk. And we we kind of struck out struck out first couple of days pretty bad. You know, had some close encounters and and I'm just kind of bummed, you know, I'm just like, man, I don't know if we're going to punch a tag now. I'm just getting a little bit worried. And here's Tate, you know, he's just like, man, I'm out here from Ohio where we got none of this. And, and I'm out here with these brothers that I love and, and, um, guys I always look up to and, and, and I'm out here hunting in the in the mountains of Utah, <laughs> you know, he's got that, he's got, got that, that draw, uh, man. Accident draw, and I was just like, and, and man, I don't even care if we never get an elk or if we even see an elk. I'm just, this is just, I'm on cloud now, boys. I'm on cloud nine. And I'm just like, dude, why, where have you been all my life? Cause I, <laughs> it just made me, it made me realize how good we have it. And, and uh and, and appreciate those small things and, and here he is just having the time of my life and I just like gosh, all right. I need to reset myself and realize, you know, how, how good things are going on right now. But, it, but I've heard you say that before, right? Um being thankful or grateful for what you have. Um I mean that that really 
you know, especially in those moments, right? In that moment, when you lost sight, it, I mean, it just, man, I, you know what? I am thankful for hitting this peak. And I am thankful that, you know, for you, you know, that Tate just reminded me of what we're here for ultimately. Yeah. You know, I mean that, yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty true. It's good. It, it was good stuff. It, it's definitely every time I, I, I think about it, it's like, you know, I, I, I am blessed. I am grateful for what I have. And, and, uh, you know, I, I talked to Tate, you know, after the hunt, the best I can. And, and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's happy with, you know, with how everything went. I mean, he, he had a good time and, you know, we, and I don't want to spoil any surprise. I'd like to get him, uh, get him back and try to get him, um, another opportunity, but, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely am grateful for that kid for sure. So, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about that, right? Because that has a lot to do with your mindset as you went through um, your amputations. But I believe that you carry that with you in your training and, and that part of that, you know, that gratefulness for, for what you have. True. No, that's uh, to me, that's a, that's one of my three, my top three pillars. I mean, I, um, I, 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 I got to have a, a, a belief. Um, you got to have a little bit of grit and gratitude, and then you got to accept some of the failures. Um, but that middle piece, the grit and gratitude, um, it, it sometimes it, it, you know, it's an attribute that I think, um, uh, much like patience, it's not, it's something that you just have to continue to work on. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't take things for granted. Um, because that's easy. That's, that's the natural ways to just take things for granted. You don't, you got to sit back and realize how good you have it. And for me, um, when, when, when I was struggling in the, in the dark times, that was one of the things that got me out of the, the, the hole, I should, so to speak. And that was to realize some of the good things I do have. You know, I have a beautiful wife. I have a, a job. I have a, a roof over my head. I can, feed my family for the time being. I, I have kids that, uh, um, I mean, they, they were, you know, I, I may have been dealt a bad hand, but they didn't need to, to have a bad hand with the deadbeat dad. And so I, it was my duty for me to, 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 uh, give them the best dad that they could have. Um, and, uh, um, you know, and I'm grateful, I'm grateful for them. They're, they're really some of the great things I have now it comes to, to physical, um, abilities, you know, I, I have my eyesight, I have my, um, my hands, you know, I, I, I have a good set of lungs. I don't, I don't have any major diseases that are, you know, that uh, set me back more. And so all those things that, you know, like there, there's someone that, 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 that uh, probably has it worse than me. And I, and I have to keep telling myself that, you know, and that's, uh, that's a big, big piece of, uh, remembering and, and keeping that positive attitude is to be grateful for some of the things you have. Cause really, I mean, if you're out there hunting in the mountains in Utah, Colorado, doing what you're doing, I mean, there's people that would kill for that. I mean, there's, I mean, you're a small percentage that gets experienced that just remarkable. Out there, just being out there is a huge thing to be grateful for. Absolutely, man. So you said three pillars. Since you said three pillars, man, uh, number one, you said faith, and then three, accept your failures. Um, so talk about how your faith plays 
plays a role in in life but you know hunting as well yeah you know it i believe i I, my faith is you know i i'm uh, um uh christian and i i have uh strong beliefs in in uh uh a god and uh, my maker and so forth and um a lot of the the teachings that you you, that are being taught in the scriptures um does play a role on um, how I live my life. But when we talk about faith in, in the, um, the, the verb, so to speak, and how that's done it, another, um, synonym is, is, uh, um, belief. And when it, when I talk to kids, I, you know, sometimes they try to big thing, they try to figure out as well, how do I get to this point? They don't really think about the progress. And the first step that I believe is that you just got to have a belief, a belief for me, was that I'm going to get out of this bed and I'm going to do the Ironman or I'm going to get out of this bed and learn how to walk or get out of this bed. I just needed something small, like a little seed. And with that, you know, seed of, you know, belief or faith, you know, I work at it. It it takes effort. It's not something that just you plant and it doesn't do nothing. You have to feed it. You have to water it, give it sunlight. You got to put actual work being consistent and uh, pretty soon that faith turns into something bigger and you grow from there. Um, and that that's generally faith is the foundation, I believe, of, of, of the uh, religion, of course, but of also a lot of the things that uh, bring happiness is just to, to have that essential belief. And a lot of people forget about it, don't think that it take, doesn't take work. And that's where it's the misconceptions that faith without works is just dead. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think there's more appreciation for all of it with that with said work. Um when when that, you know, when you go through those struggles um and you put in that eff- that extra effort, right? Because a little effort it, it in my opinion is almost pointless. If it's not if you're not giving it your all, like yeah, there's going to be some movement, but there's not the growth isn't there, right? You don't see that growth, right? If you just, like you said, if you just give it, you know, some water and sun, it's going to grow, but, you know, give it water, sun and, you know, fertilize it or feed it, then that growth is going to be even greater. Um, Mm -hmm. So number three, man, is uh, accept your failures. Yes. Yeah. uh, That's, that's another one that people forget about um, because because if, if, if to the uneducated mind, when you hear the word failure, you think, you know, game over. That's, that's uh, failure. The opposite of failure is, is, is success. And therefore, you're going in the wrong direction. Um, but to me, it's, it's not. I, I don't think fit success is even real if it wasn't for failures, it's, it's essential, uh, the stepping stones, um, to success. You know, if, if everybody would, you know, succeed and not fail, then pretty much everybody would do it. And there would be really no decipher of what's, what is a win and a loss. Um, and, and, and so the failure is super important. You have to accept that there's going to be failures and you have to learn from those lessons. Now, true failure to me is if you do fail and you decide that you're going to quit and you're not 
going to continue to push forward. You're not going to make an effort. You're going to, you know, blame other people for your issues, going to blame other things, going to blame God, uh, whatever it may be is that to me is where you are failing. But to me, it's what's, what's awesome about us and the, 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 the gift that we have been given each one of us is agency. You know, we can choose at that point whether we want to stay fallen on the ground or we can get up. And that, to me, is where the true success comes from, is that failure is getting up and then keep working at it. And again, embrace your failures. Accept that you're going to have them. They're, they are. Every single really? successful <laughs> person is going to have failures. It's just how it, it's going to be. So, and, and I say it's it, it it's a it's it's a basic principle that I feel like it it can it, it, when we're in the darkest times or when we're actually experiencing failures, it's hard. I get it. Trials are hard to really realize. Hey, this is a good thing. This is this is what's going to take me to the next level. It's it's hard to make that concept, but it's true. It's real. I'm living proof of it, man. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so. So like one of the things, you know, that, that I've struggled with, right, is you, you start down a path and you make you make some effort, right? You, you put out some effort rather and you make some gains. Well, when you feel like the effort isn't equal to those gains, you kind of revert, right? You fall back into that comfort zone and there's like a bit of a cycle that goes on there. Have you found yourself in that position? And if so... You know, it, it for me, you know, going back to myself, it it drives me nuts. But looking back on those things, there's there's more pain in the regret of not continuing through. Call it, you know, say it's a year cycle and I make it through eight months. And then, you know, those those last few months, I'm going, you know, man, that was a lot of work for a little bit of a little bit of result. But. What would have happened if that last four months, if I would have continued through, I would have never, I would have never broken that cycle. What, uh, how many, where have you been with that? How do you get through those, you know, I guess reverting back to the comfort zone after, you know. Uh, I, I, I know what you say in the. that's a hard one. Um, Cause to me, sometimes hitting a wall is is uh is easier to comprehend or get over than hitting a plateau and i think that's what you're trying to explain uh is where you put in that effort and you just don't see the results that you want to get sometimes and and i and i know i know that's that's an easy way for 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 you to start or for anybody to start justifying um shortcuts or or giving up right and it's just because it's that's again that's the comfort zone wanting to take over and go back to what you know netflix and ice creams like you know those are not (laughs) uh but i I tell you it's that that's where a lot of uh greatness is separated from at the average is where people push through that you know you just you continue to push you um you know you don't you 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 make the effort not expecting a reward all the time um because of you know because that there that's the one thing about life there's the one thing that's consistent about life is that everything is going to be inconsistent 
And so if you have that mentality that whatever I put in, I'm going to get to reap this reward, not all the time, but I think your chances are going to be a lot better if you're out there pushing, if you're out there hunting, um, if you're, if that is your goal, you're, you have way more better chances than the guy that's, you know, sitting on his couch. Now, there are some cases where there's that lucky mofo that will go out there, not even scout and shoot one. Uh, but I, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that that is going to be something that's consistent, you know, is the, uh, uh, um, the norm. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. The norm. I mean, I think your the, your, your chances are increased more by just getting out there and, and putting in the effort and working, working at it. Because there, I mean, you, you know, you relate that to being on the mountain, like you said, you know, there's that, there's that one or two off chance that, you know, I walk in and 300 yards from the truck, you know, there's a dead animal an hour or two <laughs> into the hunt. I mean, I've, I've been there. Um, yeah. And I've had moments. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think all of us would rather be a lucky hunter than a good hardworking hunter. I don't, you know so. what? I, I don't know at this point, man, with, with where I'm at with it, you know? So like this year uh, for my early archery tag, I, I chased one buck. I had opportunities um, on some smaller bucks, but I wanted that one buck and I wanted him to come with my bow. I could have went out in rifle season with a rifle and I opted not to. I I tend to appreciate, especially when it comes to my hunting, the hard the hard to get hunts, right? I mean that, you know, he's a I call him old boy. He's an old four by five. I've been chasing him two years and it's like, okay, this dude is gonna die with a bow. And I I won't ex I would rather someone else shoot him with a rifle. I don't want nobody else to get him with a bow, but if somebody else shot him with a rifle, it would just be what it is. Right. I, I missed the opportunity. I, I can't take that deer with the rifle. You know, we go out on our, on our Colorado elk hunt. I even thought, you know, Hey, my boy's going, why don't I look at, you know, a guided hunt or a semi-guided hunt? And I'm like, man, I, I would so much more appreciate going out there, striking out on our own and just doing the damn thing. Um, you know, it, it I, I, there's more appreciation, especially in, in the harvest or the kill, um, when you do it that way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I, that's why I bow hunt, you know, I, I, I just like, I do like the challenge. Um, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to not hunt with the rifle. I mean, I, I just like hunting period, whether it is, you know, a little easier or a little harder. However, I'm with you. The, the, the reward uh, to kill something with a bow, especially if you put in the effort and the time and the, and the, you know, the ups and downs or, your, you know, the struggles and so forth, that reward is way more like on the hunts that I, I remember the most are not the ones that we drive up opening day, shoot one, back the truck up, throw them in there, take a few pictures, go home, chop, you know, cut them up. I mean, yeah, those are great times. And I love those times. Don't get me wrong, but the, the I don't remember them as vividly as the ones where you get out there, it's snowing, the rain, you know, you lose your gloves and you're freaking up to your knees in snow. Um, the weather's bad, you know, someone, something bad happens or, you know, the truck breaks down, you're, you're trying to, you know, fight through all these problems. And, and those are the, sadly, as, as sad and rough it is, I mean, I'm having a good old time still anyways, but I remember those moments a lot more. Heck yeah. You appreciate the heck out of them. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, what, what 
matters less at the end of that, you know, and, and oh, what was it two years ago, three years ago now? Me and a couple buddies, man, we hunted hard for seven or eight days. I mean, we did, my, I don't know how many, you know, cumulative boot miles we had. Uh, it was up there. It was 200 plus miles on boot between the three of us. Probably double to triple that in the vehicle, just chasing around an area we had never. It was like, pick a spot on the map. We drew this tag we didn't expect to get. We're going, <laughs> um, you know, we, we had, we lost all our points, man. Um and we get out there and nothing, man. We just could not, could not find them. And the la- I mean, we were packed up leaving. And I said, hey, guys, I'm up at 3.30. I'm going to pack up the rest of the stuff. And I'm going to this spot. And I'm shooting a deer. And sure as shit, man, the next morning, as soon as first light came up, a little two-by-three walked in to my shooting lane and, you know, blasted him. And, uh, man, that was one of, that's one of my favorite hunts. And I have some decent racks. I'm not, you know, this big bone guy. But I look at that little two-by-three, and I call them little. I shouldn't. um, That two-by-three, and, man, I have more pride in that hunt than... 80% 80% of my other hunts just because of what we went through that, you know, seven or eight days on the mountain. And it, it was fun, but it sucked, man. You, you get beat the hell up, you know, but not, not settling in, not making excuses, you know, why it was just like, man, this, this final effort's going to be put in. And so glad I, if, if we would have said, forget it, we're gone in the morning. I'd have never even seen that deer. So I think just, you know, that, stick to you know, that's part, I guess that grit, you know, um, somewhere in, in number two there that you were talking about, um, and just, just seeing it through. I mean, there's so much that comes out of seeing it through in my head. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, that's, I can, couldn't, couldn't, uh, more agree with that, man. So, I don't want to drag it on too, too much. Um, so tell us about your training, man. I've been, I've been following along with this training. I saw your post the other day and it had me laughing your story about your tapering. Um, <laughs> so how's that, how does that play into your, I mean, that it, you're making a sacrifice for something you want to do, right? So you're sacrificing a ton of stuff, right? I think you said you were training for something like 17 hours a week. Um, yeah. There's times where I find it hard or I'm, oh, I shouldn't say that. I make excuses. I don't make the time. Um, and talking to a buddy, he's like, oh, man, you know, I'm like, dude, you need to do this. You need to do this. And he's like, oh, I don't have time for that. I got X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, but you're, if you're sitting at home, you know, three, four hours a night on the couch, um, you got to be doing something if you want to make a difference. So how, how is that training playing and everything? And, you know, 17 hours a week, man, that's a, that's a big go. When they talk about the Ironman, they they ask, you know, the, the, the biggest questions about the Ironman is, uh, you know, how far is it, you know, and, and, and it's, it's a 2.4 mile swim with a 112 mile bike ride. And then it's a 26.2 mile run right after that. Now, it, 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 people's first reaction is like, holy cow, you know, that's, that's insane. You're crazy. That's a long ways. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is, but you don't see that there's thousands of miles behind that. It's not, it's not like I just get up and do that. And that's really where this Ironman comes, comes into play. And in, in a lot of the, the, the tests that you get mentally is this, uh, uh, the training. Um, and, and I look at it now, it, 
it's it's probably uh, it, it's probably at this point in my life the hardest thing physically I've ever done. Um, just because the the amount of time it works, yeah, it, seventeen hours is uh, a week is what I picked up to, but it didn't start off that. I mean, I, I I've been training, you know, technically for four years now, but um, but specifically for this event, um, uh, it's been about it'll be almost a year uh, when it's all said and done. And, uh, yeah, with, with the training, there's a lot of it that's in the morning. So I start sometimes at four or four thirty, and then I, I'll have a session or two. Um, it, it, they're not, it's not too extreme. It's not too intense. They're just long, just lots of slow, you know, low heart rate type of training. And then after work, um, um, I'll, I may have another one. Um, it typically is one to two sessions, uh, uh, on the weekdays and then one big one or two, two big ones, or sometimes three big ones on the weekend. Um, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, when we talk about taper, um, I've, I've reached the max of where I've, I've done the long training. So now this week I've gone down to 13 hours and then next week will be a little bit less and what that does is my body has, has reached this endurance peak. And now I'm, now it's focusing more on speed and, um, and trying to re- just basically retain that, uh, level of, um, being in shape. Uh, so that way when I'm ready for race day, um, I should be nice and fresh and, and able to sustain all that, um, abuse. endurance. <laughs> yeah, abuse, yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that abuse, yeah. man. I, and, and didn't you have a setback? Like I, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were training for one, then you had a, then you had a setback with the prosthetics. If I remember correctly earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had some bad luck last, last year I was training for my first marathon and and uh, a week before the race, I went took my family to California, and we went to Disneyland, and we went. Um, uh, I, I tried surfing without any prosthetics, and I fell off the the board and uh, landed on a rock, and I jacked up my stump, so I couldn't race. And then this year, um, around May. Uh, I actually was right at the beginning of May, I got real sick and I had this infection and uh, we started to treat it the best we can. Well, it ended up being a double infection and it just started spreading. It was very aggressive. It's the same kind that eats the bone, which, um, you know, if I w- didn't take care of it quick enough, it, it would have, uh, taken my knee out. Um, and so, uh, when they had the MRI and CAT scan, it, it had started to do that. But luckily, we we had the surgery to get it all flushed out, and and uh, that that set me back, you know, a good nine weeks for my training. And so, what what was originally the goal to have a a, a record for a double amputee is now, you know, is is really my original goal is to to complete an Ironman. Yeah, I'm sure you'll kill it, man. So, and the reason I brought that up was either you can make it happen or you could and take away excuses or you can settle back and feel sorry about it. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of us, you know, here we go with that again, able bodies, right? We, we sell ourselves short because we haven't, we, we think we're not, you know, or we haven't been at that rock bottom or that bottom. Right. Um, 
and, and I think we, you could have just said, man, this, you know, this is too much. I'm done with this. Um, how, how do you get through making excuses? Right. Because we see them on the mountain all the time. I know guy I've, I've had guys tell me, man, I got my butt kicked. I just wrapped it early. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're never gonna, you're never gonna fill the freezer or hang anything on the wall. If you keep making excuses about why you left the mountain. Uh, yeah, excuses is, 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 can be a trap, you know, it's, um, it, if I, if I were to make excuses, um, about, you know, my situation, I, I guarantee you, I could sit, I could, I can have a life of collecting disability. Um, not having a nine, you know, nine to five job or, you know, or depend on my wife to work. Um, but I, I guarantee you it's, it's not going to bring the happiness. It, you know, excuses is just another form of our mind, um, wanting to take us to that comfort zone. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. It's not going to get you to that point. Um, a, a lot of it, it, it's, it's something it's, it's, it's something that's got to come within. You know, I, I get a lot of people that say, Oh, Sid, you're, you're aspiring and, and uh, you motivate me. And I appreciate that. And, and I, and I get what they're trying to say, but what I want people to understand is that I, I'm not, I could inspire you. Um, just like a fire, you know, I could, I could help with the kindling and getting you motivated to, to get to that point. But really, the, the the bulk of the motivation is comes from yourself. Real motivation is is self motivation, and so when it comes to excuses, you know it, it it's got to come from yourself. It's got to be something that you're going to have to decide on your own to to fight and and to beat. I I can't really uh, give that to you, you, you know, uh, yourself. It's not something that I can tangibly give to you. It's got to be something you've got to do on your own. <laughs> this is this is coming this is <laughs> you just said that to the guy that was going Tate and Sid are out there <laughs> the same guy that when I met you in Utah <laughs> That's a, uh, I, and, and you're a hundred percent right I agree with it but I think that I think that just comes from you being the guy you are right there's a you're you're as you always say, right, I'm just an average guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what else to say about that, man, without making <laughs> myself look like a jackass. <laughs> I do, man. I, I don't, I leave my dishes in the, uh, in the sink. I don't always put them in the dishwasher. <laughs> I, I'm late for work sometimes. I fart at the dinner table. I'm just a normal dude, man. Uh, yeah. No, I hear you, man. And, and, and that's what I, I think, you know, after talking to you a couple times and everything, I, and that's one of the things that I appreciate, but it is inspirational and it is motivational to, when you look at yourself, you do have to reflect on yourself before you can gain that from, I don't care who it is. Um, so I hear you, man, but, uh, yeah, it, it, I gotta say, man, it is, it is inspirational. It is motivational. Um, I don't care how you shake a stick at that, man. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to beat me over the head with a bat to get me to think anything different or one of your legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, if I'm able to, you know, to, to talk, you know, that having conversations like this, if someone listening is to that is, 
is is if they're able to to look into you know what the uh, the legend David Goggins has calls it the uh, the accountability mirror. I mean that's what that's what uh, you know where where your where your own personal motivation is going to come from. You know this this kind of conversation. You know seeing things and doing you know see what other people are doing is is going to help you. Uh, to to get to that point where you're looking back in and at that mirror and saying, okay, you know, this is what so and so is doing. What are my excuses? And I, and I think that's what what I love and kind of what I hate about social media. But the things I do like about social media on that aspect is that, yeah, there's 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 a lot of people that are out there doing amazing things and they have it worse than I have it. Um, so what's my excuse? Absolutely, man. Any anything in all this uh, to me, you when you go through all this, right? When you when you hit what whatever your bottom is, um, you know, be it on the mountain or be it you know a weight struggle or you know a fitness struggle or a life struggle, the challenges and the determination and the work ethic and the level of effort that you put out, you really find out what's important, right? That, that stuff is all, a lot of it is first world problems, if you will. Um, but you really, you really find out what's important through all of it. And I, I can't think of besides you and Tate, I can't think of another person that could, put my broken thoughts into words better or, or add some clarity to that. Yeah. 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 Tate. I'm glad you brought Tate up. He is, he is a special guy for sure. Um, and, uh, I mean, just, you know, to, to, to kind of add on what you're saying, it's, you know, I think, I think, you know, we, we want to be successful. That's, that's where, you know, most sane people are minded. They want, they want that success. And, and really that's where people I think get hung up because they kind of forget about the work. You know, nothing, nothing great happens from making excuses. Nothing great's going to happen um, for, for being a, you know, pansy and, and weak, you know, it, it just, it's just going to take some work and it's going to take that constant reminder. Um, and like I tell people, I says, yeah, it's, if you're going to have a, if you, if, you, if there's a chance where you're, you're having a bad day, you know, don't let that destroy your life. I mean, it's okay to have a bad day. I still have bad days myself. So I've had some couple bad days back to back. Um, but it, it's just that constant, um, uh, progression that, uh, where you just don't give up, you know, if it's going to be one step forward and two step back, or it's going to be the next day might be three steps forwards and only one step back. It, you know, in the end, you're going to have that progression just by not giving up. And it really becomes, it, it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. It becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I was just was talking to my wife the other day or this morning, you know, cause she's, she's, you know, man, four years ago, neither one of us were really working out. So we were just kind of worried about how to make the most money and where's that at now. Now it's just not even a, a thought in our mind as much where, where a lot of their joys happen. And, you know, I didn't even work out. I didn't even know what, this is embarrassing. Four years ago, I didn't even know what pre-workout was. 
I didn't even know what that was. And someone introduced it to me. I was like, holy cow, I, that stuff's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit of a pre-workout addiction, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh. So, yeah, I, 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 I look at my life now, even though I don't have legs, but I, I'm a lot happier now. And, and I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change any of my trials or, or tribulations that I've had to get to this point for anything. Yeah, I mean, it has to be, there has to be a point. Well, you've said it, right? You would, you would never trade it, right? You wouldn't, if you could rewind, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make a different choice given the chance. It would always be the same. And I, and that's, that goes to show the impact that it's had on you. Um, I, and I don't remember if it, whose podcast it was, I heard. Maybe it was Brian Call on Gritty. And you had talked about, I don't know, 260 pounds and, you know, and now it's like, damn, this dude is like, you know, blazing, blazing trails and, you know, about to get this Iron Man knocked out. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know, man. I just, I'm trying not to ride nuts, but dude, I, I look at it and it, it just motivates the hell out of me, man. It, it's just, it's like, you know what? I don't have any excuses. I come home, I sit in my garage, work on the podcast. I can get up. I'm, you know, able body. I, I, there's no excuse. If I sit here with excuses all the time and whatever it is, I'm not going to see any growth. And it sucks when you don't, when you don't do something that you know, that you're able, you know, to get up and do every single day. You look back, regret is the worst thing in the world. I don't know, man. I, I, uh, yeah, (laughs) It, it is. It's, and, and the thing is about it, guy, I mean, we, we only have one shot at this and and at this, at this life, you got to think about, you know, when we were born and, you know, which we can't control and when we die, which we can't control, but we can control everything in between. And, and, and that's what, that's what we got to continue to, to effort. I mean, by, by putting things off or making excuses not to take your life to this next level, you just never know if you're going to get that chance. You know, you never know. There's, I've had too many close friends to me die at a young age and, 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 and they, they could have done great things. And unfortunately they couldn't, and they, you just can't control some of the things. So what, why, why, why wait and take that chance? Start now, yeah. make your life change now, man. That's it. That is it. So I don't, man, I don't think we missed anything that I just wanted you to hit on real quick. Um, you know, like I said, man, that, you know, the, the inspiration and motivation that, that you give me, man, I just, uh, had to hear it after my, <laughs> after my elk hunt, man. Cause I know how it helped me on the mountain and I wanted to, you know, get some of the listenership out there. Um, that same that same boost so the guys that ain't you know following along or whatever um could hear it and yeah it it always does me good man so i appreciate the heck out of you and you sharing it all with us and being an open book man well thanks no problem man i appreciate your insight and and uh that those words of encouragement that uh you able to provide with tate i mean i got i got uh I got you, I got Mike Merrill, I had Cameron Haynes. Um, I got a bunch of uh, um, close friends that, uh, that have known Tate, or at least through social media. And, and I had that opportunity to share that with them on the mountain. And it was just, just that dose of, of uh, you know, spark that he's like, man, 
you know, yeah, I got this. And I tell you what, man, that kid worked hard and he had, he had a, he had some rough things happen to him during that hunt. And, and that, you know, we're, we've, we've, we've made a pretty cool film about that, this, uh, um, hunt and you'll get a chance to see kind of how rough he had it. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it meant a lot to him. You know, those were, those were some great, great words that you provided. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I'm not going to even BS you, man. When you sent me that, I'm like, dude, how do I offer anything to a guy that, you know, I look up to, I look up to his struggle and his, you know, his absolute power in being um, that was, it was rough, man. So it, it really makes me feel good. And I, it, first off, I, I should have said, I appreciate you asking me to do that, to be a part of that. That was, that was an honor. And I was, you know, absolutely thankful for that. As I was sitting there, we had this one little rock in camp that we had to literally stand on to get signal. <laughs> and I was like, God, this has to go through. I don't know what you're right, but this has to go through, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, I really appreciate you guys, you know, you, you thinking and, 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 you know, sending me that message, man, and, you know, allowing me to be that, you know, part of it that way. That was awesome. So I'm glad to hear that. That made my freaking day. No, oh, it, it, uh, no, it, it it made his day. It made his day. It made my day because it is like, man, everybody, everybody's team Tate. This and this kid deserves every little ounce of it. Heck yeah! Now, the freaking elk gods would work for this. Goddamn it! <laughs> they never do. <laughs> they they don't like us, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially they didn't like us in Colorado. Man, that was a that was a rough go, dude. We had like I don't know. I'm gonna say on an average, 15 to 20 mile an hour winds all but two days. Yeah. 40 to 50 yeah. mile an hour gust and bugles that were just like, are you kidding me there? I mean, ooh, and it was done. It was like, dang, this is, yeah, this is something it, else. It it was tough. We had some rough, we had some rough wind, but man, we, we had, we had some pretty good chances. I mean, not, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but he had a couple opportunities in the scope that just, that just, just barely, fell through the cracks. Um, and it, it was tough and we hunted hard and I wanted it so bad. And then after the hunt, this is what, this is what made my heart sink. And I took another, um, uh, disabled hunter. It was my brother-in-law and then we ended up killing one on day one. So it's just, it's frustrating because that's just not, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was grateful that my brother-in-law got one, but it's just sometimes elk, elk hunting is not always, gonna go out perfect no heck no man you know what's funny that and i didn't realize it right i'm i'm a baby in elk hunting hunted deer for years but man it seems like as quick as an opportunity presents itself it double times and it's gone (laughs) you know i mean it unfolds in a blink of an eye so if you aren't prepared or you think you have all this time i mean those those buggers man they'll they'll remind you they will remind you oh yeah oh yeah i i i love elk hunting and deer hunting pretty pretty much the same but i don't i can't relate them to the same they're just it's apples and oranges oh absolutely yeah elk hunting it's just things just get Western real, real fast, fast, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and just like. Elk, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta move it or lose it, sister. It's, it can get bad. 
that was, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway this year with, with that hunt was how quick an opportunity can come and go. And that was oh, one yeah. of the things I wasn't prepared for, you know, but yeah. again, being green in that game, um, it, it made me appreciate the time I can take to stalk a mule deer or a black tail. <laughs> oh, I know it. I know it. I, uh, I told, I told, uh, Keith, one of the, the guides. And I said, man, I tell you what, after this hunt, I'm done freaking helping that elk. I'm going to go back to mule deer. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like this, it's, it's killing me how stubborn these animals can be. And, and, uh, wh- when is this uh, podcast? Uh, when do you want it? run it to air um i'll probably do in the next two weeks either this saturday oh. or the following okay in that case i think our film will be done and out by then but uh, so therefore i could talk about it a little bit but yeah we we built up to the last possible day and we he's had a couple missed opportunities but there's one uh, opportunities i'm like man i have to go back to work i i gotta hurry and try to get him so i finally just decided to bushwhack it through these this batch of trees with my rifle and, and seeing if I can get something to pop out to him. And it worked like he, he had a chance and he literally got down on the scope, had it in his sight and just kind of adjusted just a hair, just for a second. Gonzo. And, and, and that elk got away and that was it. That was the last chance he had at a bull. And it was a nice, Oh dude, it was a 300 inch bull bugling matter than snot i mean he was uh, we at the time him and i were about 25 30 yards away in in between trees and i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna he's gonna kill this bull right in front of me (laughs) (laughs) it just didn't work out and it's it's crazy it's such such a rush of a hunt and and you asked tate if you were to call him if he had a blast hell yeah he had a blast he had a good time did he lose his shit with the bugles yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he didn't. We he, we thought we were hoping he'd hear one first morning, but he didn't hear one until um, kind of later in the afternoon. Uh, the guide went to go pick up some trail cameras, and so I took I took him up the hill, and we were just kind of waiting on the side hill. And I was like, I just I could I was getting um, uh, antsy. Like I I I couldn't sit still. I was getting. Um, uh, OCD or something like that. I, I just I couldn't I couldn't sit still. So I uh, um, ADHD. That's what I was looking for. Uh, so I decided to run down the side hill and bugle into this patch of uh, trees. And, and sure enough, uh, we had one torque off, and and I ran up as fast as I could. And I said, "Take get your gun. We're going." And we we got pretty close to his bedding area, and he just kept bugling. And I just watched Tate, and he was just like his eyes started getting bigger. <laughs> and I could tell I could tell he was in pain, but he was pushing through it. And I was super proud of him. I mean, he he had he had a class experience with that bull bugling. I mean, maybe a hundred yards from him, you know, into the trees. So yeah, I can't wait. Oh, I'm, I think when do I? I talked to Tate. I think we record sometime this week or early next week. So I can't wait to hear that, that first hand man on that first bugle. Cause I know mine, it was just like, Holy hell, man, that is uh, something <laughs> like you'll never experience. It was good. And we had some bugles every day, like in the morning and the afternoon, uh, mostly in the morning at night. But uh, what we were trying to do is like for him, uh, because of he had he had some limitations um, in, uh, of getting into certain spots, so we wanted to get the bulls 
to to come out into the open so he can get a nice shot. Uh, because some of the bulls were also in areas that we couldn't hunt, so we were hoping that they'd come over. Well, they they get all you know fired up, and they come to the edge of the they come to the edge of the trees bugling and stop. And it was getting dark, and so finally Tate was just getting so pissed off that they wouldn't come out. That one would bugle, and he probably he finally just stood up and he flipped off the the elk and goes, <laughs> "F you guys, F you! He could have come out. Come out here and fight me. I'll show you what it's about. Come on, show yourself." <laughs> That's elk, man. They'll they'll push you to your freaking mental level. You start talking to them and talking oh, to yeah. yourself and talking to the woods, man. Oh, yeah. He, he said he had to apologize to God because he was he was cussing out those elk pretty bad because he was <laughs> pretty pissed off at them. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear it, man. That's going to be classic. Well, Sid, I will uh, let you get back to life, man. And I appreciate the heck out of you, you know, taking the time with me and, you know, just kind of getting into that mental aspect and how you see it and how you get through. And yeah, man, I, you know, I won't, uh, if I see in Utah, I won't be a stammering idiot this year or yeah, next year. (laughs) No, I look, I look forward to seeing you. I, I, uh, you're planning on going to the expo? Yeah, I'll be there. Definitely. I, I enjoyed the heck out of that last year, man. And just walking around and seeing all the new goodies and the gear junkie in me was going crazy and just shaking hands with folks and, you know, tripping over my words with you. It was that I laugh, <laughs> dude, I laugh about that to myself. Like I'll look at a post and I'm, and, and I'll just be looking at, you know, scrolling through Instagram or something. And I, and I, every once in a while I'll be like, what a dumbass!" <laughs> and I'll start laughing. man. Did I- I didn't even notice. I, I, uh, I, uh, it's funny because I, we were at Hush Boo. Yeah. Were we not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Casey had given me one of his, his son's bows that he'd outgrown. Because mm-hmm. my, my son, so I, I wanted to get there and thank him. And yeah, that's what I, uh, I met you and then I was like, oh, cool. He seemed like a nice guy. And then I didn't put two and two together until we did that, uh, uh, podcast a little bit later it's like oh my gosh i totally remember this guy yeah. and, and no you weren't awkward at all oh man i felt so awkward dude i i just i remember turning around and go holy shit that's sydney smith <laughs> so yeah that was that was so cool man i have you know what though it, there's certain folks that you don't mind I, for the lack of a better word, getting starstruck by man, and and you're definitely one of them, dude. I have the utmost respect for you, and and you know what what you've proven that we are all capable of is is a big thing to me, man. I, so I appreciate, like I said, the heck out of you sharing, you know, sharing all the time and just being an open book, bro. So oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, no man. So, like I said, man, I'll let you get back to it Um, again, Sid. You know, I can't say thank you enough, man, for taking the time with me. But, uh, yeah, get back to the family and, you know, wish you the best, man. And good luck uh, the rest of your season. Okay. Hey, thanks, guy. Appreciate you. Absolutely, bud. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hey, everyone. This is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. 
If you're heading to the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to SasquatchFuel.com. Hey guys, enter code WesternContours at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.